What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim, and we are here for the Week 5 recap. I'd like to start by just eating some crow. So that's going to be the topic of this podcast is me eating crow. Before, before we get into that, if you'd like to follow us, feel free to hit the like and subscribe button on YouTube. Make sure to follow us on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to have you uh, leave a review. We'd love to hear your feedback on the pod, what you think about it. Now, let me get back to eating crow. There's a few things I need to eat some crow for. One is that apparently I'm like the Big Ten and can't count because last week I said I picked 10 games and I picked 11. Guess it's not nearly as bad as the Big Ten having 14 teams in it, but still I have the same problem that the conference does. My bad. Second of all, I went nine and two this week. Feel pretty good about that, except the big games I missed. So I thought Ole Miss was going to beat Alabama. I should have known better, especially when Lane Kiffin decided to say, get your popcorn ready, because clearly he did not get his popcorn ready. Oh, boy, that was bad. Uh, That was rough. I was clearly wrong about Ole Miss beating Alabama. And I was wrong about Notre Dame beating Cincinnati. Cincinnati played really well. Desmond Ritter was was good. I, I don't think he was really, really great. I don't think he's a Heisman guy right now, but he made some real good throws. Uh, I was really impressed with their one receiver, Alec Pierce. Uh, Bearcats are a really good football team. And I think we knew that. I think we knew that they were a good football team. I just, I thought that Notre Dame would put up a better fight. I still think they have the more talented pieces, but ultimately the Bearcats are the better team right now. Desmond Ritter was great. Ford was great at running back. The The defense turned them over. Uh, they had the big pick in the first quarter on the opening drive of Jack Cohn. And there's some real quarterback questions with Notre Dame. You know, is Jack Cohn the guy moving forward or are they going to go with one of their other one of their other guys, I think it was Pine who came in in relief and, and played okay. I think he went eight of 22. So it wasn't like he lit the world on fire, but he did throw a touchdown pass. And I think he ran one in for a touchdown as well. I thought he played decently, but Notre Dame has some work to do. And I think Cincinnati, you know, they, there's going to be a lot of questions about the playoff for them moving forward. Later this week, we're going to talk more about that, um, but we'll we'll get to that later. The other nine games, most of them I was not completely on the right track with. There there are a few scores that really stood out to me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go through that in a minute. One was the Iowa Maryland game. I I thought that Maryland would. I don't think they were going to keep it close, but I certainly didn't think that Tagovailoa or Tungavailoa was going to get picked off five times. That was, that was a disaster for the Terrapins. And to be honest, it's, it's kind of been their MO is that they, they have a good start and then they run up against a power team. And you think maybe that maybe the Terps are going to do something and then they get hit in the mouth. 
And so I, I wasn't surprised that Iowa won convincingly. I was very surprised by the, by the final score and how ineffective Maryland's offense is. Also, it looks like Dante Demas is going to be out for a good chunk of time. That's a huge blow for that offense. So I don't know what that's going to mean moving forward for the Terps. That's going to be really tough for them uh, to, to overcome. Illinois beat Charlotte. I think it was a 10-point margin. I picked it a uh, seven-point margin. Good for Bielema. Good for the fighting Illini. Michigan State uh, had a convincing win. Uh, I think the score was in 40s to the 30s. I didn't get I didn't get a chance to look at the score uh, before starting the podcast, but I know it was it was it was a sizable win, which I thought it would be. Ohio State Rutgers. I was at this game, and I remember thinking this is going to be a tough game. And then two plays into Ohio State's first possession, Travion Henderson runs it in for a 44-yard touchdown. Two plays later, Denzel Burke gets a pick six. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a typical Ohio State Rutgers game, which is they always run them off the field. So I was impressed by Ohio State. I was surprised by Rutgers. I don't know how much to take away from it because I thought Rutgers was improved, but I'm, I'm just not sure just how improved they are. Ohio State's starting to put some things together, though. And again, it's Akron and Rutgers. But with Akron and Rutgers, they have held those two teams to 20 points total, which is that's a big deal for them because they couldn't stop a fly beforehand. So big, that was a big win in terms of margin of victory for Ohio state. They controlled the whole game start to finish Minnesota, Purdue. I got this one pretty much right. Minnesota 20, Purdue 13. I had, uh, I had it a four point margin at 20 to 16 Purdue. I, I just think they, they had too many injuries. David Bell did come back. He had a big game. But Aiden O'Connell was in, in, in place of Jack Plummer. And it was, it's just clear, Purdue just does not have a lot of depth. And Minnesota got up for this game. So not really sure what to make of either of these teams at this point. Minnesota is three and two. Are they three and two or three and three? I think they're three and two. They've lost to Bowling Green and Ohio State. And they, they've beaten Miami of Ohio, Colorado, and now Purdue. Purdue also three and two with losses to Notre Dame and Minnesota now. Nebraska at Northwestern, or no, sorry, it was Northwestern at Nebraska. This was a beatdown. And to be honest, I, I'm very intrigued by the Cornhuskers. I, I have said many times, that I don't trust Scott Frost, but I'm starting to think he might be able to save his job. And I'm going to talk about that a little later in the, in the podcast, but it was a utter beatdown of the Wildcats. And again, the Wildcats are not very good. I, I have them the worst team in the big 10 right now. Georgia, Arkansas. I thought this is going to be a game. It was never a game. And again, Georgia's defense is nasty. Shut them out, shut down the running game. And listen, Arkansas has 
beaten good teams. At least I, I thought they were good teams. Texas A&M has a lot of issues right now. And we'll see how good Texas is as they play Oklahoma this week. But impressed by Georgia's defense. They are legit. Not that anyone wasn't questioning that. But I, I don't see anyone beating Georgia. You know, Georgia beat, plays Auburn this week. I think Auburn is they, – they might put up a little bit more of a fight. But I just don't think – I don't think – uh, anyone's going to be able to score enough points to hang with Georgia. And I, I, I hesitate to say even Alabama because Alabama's offense is starting to click and they've got good receivers in, uh, in Mechie and man, I can't remember his name. Uh, Jamison Williams. I, how could I forget Jamison Williams? He's an Ohio state guy, um, but really good receivers, really good running back. And the defense is nasty, holding uh, Ole Miss to 21 points. So I, I, I'm anticipating Georgia-Bama in the SEC championship game. Michigan-Wisconsin, the score is misleading. M- Michigan did some things, but honestly, the quarterback play was something left to be, be desired for Wisconsin. So I, Michigan won by three touchdowns. I think it's a little smoke and mirrors. I think they're good. I don't think they're that good. Um, I'm excited and intrigued to see what Nebraska does as they host the Wolverines this week. Penn State, Indiana wasn't too surprised by that score. I thought Indiana would at least get some offense going. But, man, Penix, I don't think is fully recovered from that ACL. He just does not look the same. And the defense, Indiana's defense is, is actually pretty good. But their offense is really, really struggling right now. And it's very clear, Penix is not the same. And Jack Tuttle, he, there's a reason why he's the backup. So, yeah, I, I, I thought Penn State, you know, had a good defensive showing. A little concerned about their offense going into the game at Iowa City this week. Obviously talked about Bama and Notre, uh, Bama and Cincinnati was completely wrong on those games. But again, I went nine and two, so I'm 53 and 11 for the season. But again, I got the two big ones wrong. And so my hope is that I can write that ship around and, and get those big ones right this week. I want to just go through my, my power rankings and then we'll take a quick break and then I'll do my top 10. And then we'll talk about the kind of the, the topic for the day is Scott Frost and can he save his job this week at Michigan or against Michigan. So power rankings before I, I take a break here. One, I've got Penn State. Two, I've got Iowa. I left it the same because I assume that we're going to figure out who's the best team in the Big Ten this week. I've got Ohio State three. I had Maryland four. Obviously, they're not four anymore. I have Michigan State at four and Michigan at five. I, you know, both of those, I think you could make an argument for either one in either of those spots. Both have had an unimpressive game against a weaker opponent. Michigan State struggled with Nebraska. Michigan struggled with Rutgers. 
I am very curious about their, their upcoming games. Very curious about their upcoming games. After Michigan, it gets very dicey. So I have, I have Maryland six, mostly because of their record. I, I don't think they're as bad as they showed against Iowa, but I'm also just, I'm very unsure about them going forward, especially with Demas out. I don't know how long Demas is out yet. I, I'm not sure if that's been publicized, but it did not look good. So maybe by the time of this, of the release of the podcast, maybe his status will be confirmed, but that, that really concerns me with Demas being out. And I, the line play is a concern. Uh, Iowa showed that. Number seven, I have Nebraska. They're, I'm moving them up all the way from, I believe I had them 11th last week, either 11th or 12th. I think I had them 11th last week. I have them at seven. Part of that is because just seeing other teams struggle, but Nebraska just seems to be figuring things out. They were close with Oklahoma. They lost. They were close with Michigan State, but they lost. But, you know, they beat the breaks off of Northwestern and they controlled the game like they should, which is something that I haven't seen Nebraska, seen Nebraska do in a long time. So they, they beat a team that they were supposed to. So I've got them at seven. I have Rutgers at eight. And again, I, I'm, I'm kind of banking on some of their earlier, their earlier success, but I could see them free falling uh, curious about the injury to Bo Melton to see if he's going to be okay because he's he's their best receiver probably and Aaron, Aaron Crickshank is their most explosive guy. He was he had a great play against Ohio State uh, last last uh, last week. So Rutgers at eight, Indiana nine. Their offense is just not very good right now. Same thing with Wisconsin. I have them at ten. Minnesota at eleven. Purdue at twelve. Illinois 13 and then Northwestern rounding out at 14. Listen, it's hard for me to rank Minnesota above Purdue, Illinois, and Northwestern, but the reality is they only have two losses. They beat Purdue head to head. And I, I can't put any of those. I, I can't move them any higher though, despite the fact that I'm tempted to move Indiana, Wisconsin lower the reality is I think this week showed that in the big 10, that there is a clear hierarchy that it's Penn state through Michigan one through five, and then a clear drop off between six through 14. And I think the bottom nine teams can make some headway. I think they can do that this week. You know, Maryland plays at Ohio state, Nebraska plays Michigan but I'm not sure I have any desire to move anybody up or anybody out of that top five for any of the other teams, unless someone has a major upset. Rutgers hosts Michigan State this week. So curious about that game. But at this point, I don't see an entry point into the top five of the Big Ten, unless if they beat one of those teams. They've just... Penn State, Iowa, Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan have all proven that they are the cream of the crop right now. So that's my Big Ten Power Rankings. I'm going to take a quick break, and then we will be back with more of the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. 
Welcome back to the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. We are going to talk about the national top 10, and then I'm going to give you my thoughts on Scott Frost and why I think, despite the fact that I keep saying he should be fired, he might end up saving his job. First, the top 10. The top two are so obvious, and quite honestly, until I see anything remotely close to their talent level it it should be one a and one b and then a very clear drop out drop off for three through ten and that's georgia and alabama i've got georgia slightly ahead of alabama so georgia one alabama two i've penn state at three and iowa at four and obviously that game is going to determine the number three team in the country for me Oklahoma, I have at five. Oregon, I have at six. Cincinnati at seven. Ohio State, eight. Let me just give a little rationale as to why. Oklahoma hasn't lost, and they they controlled the Kansas State game a little bit more than the score would indicate. I think Kansas State scored a touchdown with a minute and a half left. And that Kansas State team is decent, right? They beat Stanford. So I... I think Oklahoma is starting to figure some things out. Really curious to see if they can avoid upset with uh, getting upset by Texas in the, in the Red, Red River rivalry game. Oregon at six. I know they did not look good this, this week, and I, I honestly don't think they are better than Ohio State. I, I don't know if they're better than Cincinnati, quite honestly. But I have to respect the win at Columbus. And I know Ohio State is a different team now, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But as soon as you start saying, well, but the teams are different, so Oregon should be jettisoned out of the top 10. They should be out out of there. Listen, I can't do that. Oregon beat Ohio State head-to-head. And I think until Oregon has more losses than Ohio State, I think Ohio State, or I think they have to be ahead of Ohio State. So I have Oregon six. And the reason why I have them over Cincinnati at seven is because, quite honestly, even with the win at Notre Dame, I think Oregon's win over Ohio, Ohio State is better than Cincinnati's win at Notre Dame. And quite honestly, Oregon was more dominant against Ohio State than Cincinnati was against Notre Dame. Notre Dame really shot themselves in the foot. I felt like Oregon controlled the Ohio State game from start to finish. And honestly, Ohio State was in desperation mode for most of that game. Notre Dame made it close in the fourth quarter. Cincinnati was able to put it away, but it was it was 17 to nothing. Notre Dame scores. Cincinnati missed a couple field goals. So you can make an argument that Cincinnati controlled that game from start to finish but Notre Dame screwed up in the red zone a couple times I just I didn't feel like the game control was there quite like Oregon over Ohio State and I just think Ohio State's a better opponent than Notre Dame so Oregon six Cincinnati seven Ohio State at eight and here's where it gets murky because I know Wolverine fans they they might call me a homer here I've got Michigan State at number nine. 
and I have Kentucky at 10 with Michigan just outside of the top 10. And part of the reason why I don't have Michigan in there and I, I do have Michigan state and I have Kentucky is for a couple of reasons. One is Kentucky just beat Florida and I got to give props there. And Michigan state to me is, it's just a little bit more of a complete team. Now I would not be surprised at all if Michigan beats Michigan state later in the season, but I, I think Michigan state's running game is a hair better. I know Miami just lost another game, but I do think that's better than anything uh, Michigan played in the non-conference. And the win at Wisconsin, I, I don't know. It's, again, they won by three touchdowns. But I felt like a lot of that was Wisconsin shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, Wisconsin, I felt in a lot of ways it felt similar to Notre Dame, Wisconsin, except it was played out over more time. And so Notre Dame jumped on a lot of mistakes late in that game, whereas Michigan jumped on a lot of mistakes in the second half of that game. And so I'm not so sure that. Michigan is that much better than Wisconsin. I just think Wisconsin threw, you know, they threw a lot of picks. They had a backup come in and he, you know, there's a reason why he was backing up Graham Mertz and Graham Mertz wasn't that great to begin with. So I, I am skeptical about Michigan. I, I wouldn't say I'm skeptical about them. I think they're a good team. I just think Michigan state is a hair better right now than Michigan. And I think Kentucky has proved more than Michigan. So that's why I have Michigan outside of my top 10 right now. I think my, my tune will change with how Michigan State plays Rutgers and how Michigan plays Nebraska this week, which brings me into my kind of my, my main topic, my main takeaway is I think this week could be a pivotal moment for Scott Frost. Now I'm, I'm not picking this yet, you're going to have to tune into my picks to, to get what I really think about the Nebraska-Michigan game. But Nebraska has been close two of the last three weeks. They almost beat Oklahoma. They almost beat Michigan State. And obviously, they, they just took out their frustrations on the Wildcats. I... I'm very curious to see if they bring that momentum in against a Michigan team that I don't think has played a dynamic quarterback. And Adrian Martinez, he is inconsistent, but he can run. He can throw the ball. Nebraska has some receivers. Toure has been really, really good for them. They have some decent backs. Their defense is starting to play some really good ball. And I'm not sure Michigan will be able to deal with a quarterback who can actually make them pay on the back end. Now, I think Michigan's defense is really, really good. I was surprised by how Michigan State struggled with Nebraska. 
I, you know, someone said, I think Nebraska is going to upset the Spartans. And I'm like, I don't know what you've been watching, but listen, Nebraska, again, Nebraska has shot themselves in the foot the past three weeks, but particularly Oklahoma and Michigan state. I wonder if Nebraska, if they can get up ahead enough against Michigan, if they can keep themselves from shooting themselves in the foot because they're, they're ahead by so much. Now I'm not picking that yet, but here's the thing. If Nebraska beats Michigan, I think that will signal a change where they might stick with Scott Frost later than I thought they would. And here's, here's why they're, they're currently three and three. The only other team on their schedule that I think has a chance to, to really beat them is Ohio state. Cause if you look at their schedule, who they play, well, in Iowa, they play Ohio state and they play Iowa. So Ohio state and Iowa, those are probably two losses probably but if scott frost can start building momentum you know he's he's got to play uh he's got to play michigan this week he's got to play ohio state in november but then if you look at who else they have to play uh, they have to play purdue and they're struggling with injuries they have to play minnesota minnesota has struggled they have to play wisconsin like those are three wins. Like you have to think those are three wins. And then they play Iowa and Ohio state and then Michigan. If they can beat Michigan, there's a possibility to at least get to seven and five. They get to a bowl, but more importantly, they show marked improvement from week one to week six and hopefully to the end of the season where they're starting to compete with the big boys in the conference. Remember the last few times they have competed with the big boys of the conference, Ohio state smoked them, Penn state smoked them. Uh, Iowa has smoked them multiple times. Wisconsin smoked them multiple times. If they can start competing and being more competitive and winning some of those games, it shows Nebraska and the Nebraska AD, Trev Alberts, hey, maybe we can win this with this guy. Maybe this guy is changing the culture. Maybe we can recruit. Maybe we can start piling up some wins to win the West. Because here's the reality. If they can beat Michigan, they could probably start competing for the West division. Because quite honestly, Outside of Iowa, the West is a disaster right now. Some of that's not anyone's fault. Northwestern has a down year. Okay, that happens. Wisconsin looks hapless right now. That, that probably will change a little bit. But if Nebraska can win and beat Michigan, be competitive with Iowa, be competitive with Ohio State, I think that could change the tide of public perception for Scott Frost and that could save him his job. And not only will it save him his job, I think it'll start to build momentum for better recruiting, which will mean that Nebraska can really start to be at the top of that division. 
And if Nebraska can start recruiting at a national level again, I don't think they'll, they'll maybe ever get back to the, to where they once were, where they won three national championships in the nineties. But I think they can get to the top of the West pretty easily. Now I'm not saying that's going to happen, but what I'm saying is there's a pathway this week for Scott Frost to save his job. And if he can do that, that is going to be a, a, a dangerous prospect, I think, for the rest of the Big Ten West. One thing to note, again, I'm not calling this, but it does frighten me, especially as an Ohio State fan. Under Urban Meyer, twice, Ohio State went to a Big Ten West opponent on the road in November and got smoked. Nebraska has the capability of doing that. They have talent. They have a quarterback that could get hot. And they have, and Ohio State has a defense that can be exploited. So all I'm saying is, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens with Scott Frost. Let's see what happens with Nebraska. My, I hope that Nebraska becomes relevant again. So but we'll see. We'll see. I'll give you my pick on that game and more on Thursday. Just a couple of uh, programming notes, and I'll mention this again on, on the Thursday pod. My hope is next week to do three podcasts. One, uh, a week six uh, recap, uh, mid-season recap, and then a top uh, a pick video. So that's, that's it for Big Ten Football Talk. Uh, so long, and God bless. <laughs>